we are in week two of this series, even though this is the first week I've been here to talk about it. In case you didn't notice, I actually put up a full message on July 3rd on the podcast, so I'm sure that everyone here has already listened to that to prepare. But in this series, we are talking about how life is a marathon, how the Christian life especially is a marathon, how often we kind of treat it like uh, if we fail once, then we're done. Or we treat it like if we succeed once, we, do, we are done. Or, or we like, we'll study really hard for an upcoming test, or we'll study really hard for an upcoming life test or something. And, and then as we get to it, it's like, oh, we're past it, now we can stop. But in real life, in truth, it's a marathon because we have to keep going forward. We have to keep trying. We have to keep uh, being aware. And if you just sprint the whole time, if you just constantly go and you never stop and you never rest and you never have time for yourself or you never take time for the Lord or you never take time to do this or do that, like you have to put it into different uh, excerpts of your time or else you're just going to burn out or you're never going to accomplish anything or all of those things. And so in the week that uh, went recorded, I talked about King Saul and how we always think about King Saul in uh, being the bad guy to David. So we, we mostly, when we picture David, even though we know a lot of stories about David, we picture David and Goliath. And we think about that, and we think about the fact that after that, Saul tried to kill him, and that's pretty rough, and that's hard to come back from, and that makes him a jerk, obviously. But before that, Saul, like when he was called to be king, he was actually chosen by God, and he actually followed God, and he actually led Israel well, and he did his best to be wise, and he did his best to, to be a good king, and all of these things. But over the course of time, he stopped listening to God and he started caring more about what other people thought of him. And he started caring more about the fame and started caring more about the money and started caring more about uh, what he could have and not what he was and not what he meant and not what he did. And so as he went and he gets to the point where David starts to get some of that fame, he just can't take it and he gets jealous and he allows that to, to overtake him. He allows that envy, he allows that greed to overtake him. Um, this week we're going to talk about somebody else who we've talked about before. Uh, also in that family tree a little bit, well, in David's at least, uh, Solomon. So I'm going to go with 1 Kings uh, chapter 3, verses 3 through 14. Solomon loved the Lord and followed all the decrees of his father David, except that Solomon too offered sacrifices and burned incense at the local places of worship. The most important of these places of worship was at Gibeon. So the king went there and sacrificed a thousand burnt offerings. That night the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream, and God said, What do you want? Ask, and I will give it to you. So basically this is just to say that Solomon was living for God. Like he had learned from David's example, and he had learned from David's mistakes, and he was doing his best to be wise, even as a young man. Now imagine that you're doing your best, and you're living as a Christian, and you're doing everything you can, and then God comes to you and is like, Hey, literally anything, one thing, I'll give it to you. Whatever it is, name it. And like just imagine all of the things that... It would go through your head like everything would go through your head. Uh, you know, m money, influence, uh, all of these things can be used for good, but everything would go through your head. And so for him, uh, he has this chance to really start his kingdom or, or control his kingdom, gain his kingdom and do everything he can for God in this amazing way where God is giving him this option. And so in our lives, there are times where different things have different levels of importance. Um, right now, although most of you would say it's not, school has a level of importance. Now, you may not care a lot about it, but you want to get through it at least. Uh, and, and so let's just say that you want to get through it. And so you have uh, whatever 
you're hoping to get out of a GPA, whatever you're hoping to get out of life, like you have that goal. Maybe it's a high GPA, maybe it's a medium GPA, maybe it's just passing, whatever, but you have that goal. And so that's what you're reaching for. That's what you're hoping for. When you get out of that, when you get to college or you get into the workforce, like you, you want to have enough money to be comfortable or you want to have enough money to be rich or you want to have enough money to buy the world, whatever it is that you have, we start to add importance to these other things. Here's the problem though. Those things can fail. Those things can fail. Uh, if you, just for example, all you care about is grades. Now, I love grades, I got good grades, and I care very much about them, but all you care about is grades, then you're also sacrificing sometimes learning, because you can get good grades and not learn anything. Or you can try for good grades and not really uh, help someone. Like, let's say that you're like, oh, I have to study for this test, I, I really need to nail it, but this person over here really needs help, I got to ignore them. Like, there's things like that that can happen. Also, if that's all you care about, then when you get out of school, what are you going to do? Like, there's no grades anymore. Now, on the flip side, if all you care about is earning money and all you care about is getting enough hours to, to get enough stuff so that you can buy enough things and you can have enough cars, well, obviously, that's going to go away, too. And, and one of the things that uh, happens a lot is people, especially young people, get so caught up in how much they're making an hour and so caught up in how many hours they can work and then they start to sacrifice church and they start to sacrifice family and they start to sacrifice school and they start to sacrifice everything else because it's like hey you know what i've got time for this stuff but i really need this money but they're making they're making the money but not having time to do anything with it and then they just kind of keep getting more bills and more bills and then they need more money and it goes on and gone and it's like this vicious circle that keeps happening and that's because if that's the most important thing, then there's going to be problems that come with that. So Solomon could ask for money. Like he could have all of the money in the world, but there are problems that come with that. He could ask for power. He's got power, but he could ask for all of the power. Well, all of a sudden, then he's got all of this responsibility. He could ask for more responsibility, etc. cetera. Uh, you probably know what he asked for because you've heard the story before, but the next verse, Solomon replied, you showed great and faithful love to your servant, my father, David, because he was honest and true and faithful to you. And you have continued to show this great and faithful love to him today by giving him a son to sit on the throne. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made me king instead of my father, uh, David. But I am like a little child who doesn't know his way around. And here I am in the midst of your own chosen people, a nation so great and numerous they cannot be counted. Give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong for who by himself is able to govern the great people of yours. So basically he asks for wisdom. And you guys know this because you've heard about how he's the wisest ever. And it's kind of crazy because it shows great wisdom to know that you don't know everything. And the fact that he is able to say, I don't know everything, Lord, help me to know right from wrong. Help me to know how to help my people. Help me to have the wisdom to lead. Help me to have the wisdom to follow you. And that is the exact right thing to ask for. That's the exact right thing that, that, to help him. That meant more than money. And I know that money's cool. And it meant more than power. And I know that power is important. It meant more than, than grades. It meant more than, than accomplishments. It meant more than anything because with that wisdom, he was able to actually help people and able to actually lead people. And so when he asked for that, he is showing that he cares. His focus is not on what makes him better, but on what makes others better through him. And so that's such a cool thing. One of the quotes I used this morning in, in my service, uh, C.S. Lewis said, uh, we should sh shine our light not so it shows us, but so it shows him. 
And so often we really want the recognition or we really want people to see us. We want to be the answer. We want to be the helper. And it's good to help and it's good to have answers and it's good for all of that. But we want it to focus on us when our lights, our life should focus on him and it should be to help other people. It should be to do good. And so Solomon is showing that. And I'm kind of building him up because we've got a point because marathon, there's going to be a point coming. So there's one more scripture before we get to the bad. Um, the Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. So God replied, because you have asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice and have not asked for a long life or wealth or the death of your enemies, I will give you what you asked for. And I will give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one else has ever had or will have. And I will also give you what you did not ask for, riches and fame. No other king in all the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life. And if you follow me and obey my decrees and my commands as your father David did, I will give you a long life. So basically, God's like, you hit it. Like, that's exactly what you should have asked for. You did the right thing here. You're going to have everything else that goes with it because you're showing wisdom, because you're showing heart, because you're showing that you care about other people, because you're showing uh, about what you want to do or that you want to do what is right. This shows that he was on the right path. Uh, in our lives, we often start on the right path. We often start making the right uh, decisions or trying to make the right decisions. And then there can come a time where we feel like, well, if I do this, it's going to be a bad decision, but I can recover from it later. And you can always recover from things if you truly uh, repent and you truly go back to him and you truly ask for help and you truly learn. But sometimes it sends us down this other path that is completely wrong and it keeps going and going and going. Um, I've said this a lot before, but often people will be like, well, I want to really be serious about, uh, about my faith when I'm out of high school because then, you know, I can do whatever. But then, oh, wait, no, after college, then I'll care. Oh, no, wait, when I'm married, then I'll care. Oh, wait, no, when I have kids. Oh, no, it's too late now. And, and we keep putting it off and off and off and off because there's always something else in the way. There's always something else we want. There's always something else we think is important. Now, there are a lot of important things. But as Solomon showed by asking for wisdom, it's about doing your best to live the best life, not just for you, which is important, but to show other people the best life and to help other people see that best life. Um, and so God says Solomon is the wisest person ever and ever will be, which is a big statement, which means he knows how to discern what right from wrong. There's the famous example where uh, two women came and one of them said, hey, my baby's dead. Uh, this woman stole my baby. What are you going to do? And Solomon's like, hey, let's cut the baby in half. And the real mom's like, no, 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 don't give it to her. And like to us, it's like, well, that's pretty smart. But to people then, it's like, wow, that's insane. Like that's a huge decision. And that's something that's talked about in court cases today still. Like it's nuts how wise it was that he looked at that and saw how the real mom would react. And he saw how it would work. And, and all of that he had. And he kept discerning. And he kept following God. And he kept doing everything. But... He started to believe his own hype, and he started to believe in his own wisdom, and he started to think, man, I really am the wisest person ever. Like, I really do have all the answers. I really do know everything. These people really like me. Instead of saying, man, God's really given me all of this. These people can see God through me. It started becoming, these people can see me. And so we get to chapter 11. Now King Solomon loved many foreign women. Besides Pharaoh's daughter, he married uh, women from Moab, Ammon, Edom, Sidon, and from among the Hittites. The Lord had clearly instructed the people of Israel, you must not marry them because they will turn your heart to their gods. Yet Solomon insisted on loving them anyway. He had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines. And in fact, they did turn his heart away from the Lord. 
In Solomon's old age, they turned his heart to worship other gods instead of being completely faithful to the Lord his God, uh, as his father David had been. Solomon worshipped Ashtaroth, the goddess of the Sidorans, and Moloch, the detestable god of the Ammonites. In this way, Solomon did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He refused to follow the Lord completely as his father David had done. On the Mount of Olives, east of Jerusalem, he even built a pagan shrine for Chemosh, the detestable god of Moab, and another for Moloch, the detestable god of the Ammonites. Solomon built such shrines for all foreign wives to use uh, for burning incense and sacrificing to other gods. So this shows a big fall. Now, he didn't go from being super wise and super godly to suddenly worshiping other gods. It was little by little. And so at first, and it talks about how God said, hey, don't marry people. Uh, from other countries because they're, they're worshiping other gods. He's not saying that they're worthless. He's not saying these people suck. He's not saying to hate them. He's saying you have to guard your faith. And you ha- if you're with someone who believes like you, that's going to help your life and it's going to help their life. If you're with someone who doesn't, then that's going to affect both of you in negative ways. And I've talked about this before too, um, because you're pressuring each other and you're pulling each other and you're, you're uh, all of these other things where it once relationship gets involved, once heart gets involved, once love gets involved, then a lot of things go out the window and it becomes way harder to have actual discussions and it becomes way harder to, to, to you know, say no and it becomes way harder to do all of these things. And so Solomon started by saying, you know what, God's right. God's right, we shouldn't do this. And then probably he saw someone that he was really attracted to and he started talking to him. He's like, hey, you know what? This is fine. We're not getting married yet. I'm just kind of hanging out. I'm just talking. Like I just swiped right. It's cool. It's good. And then, you know, he starts talking to him. And then he, you know, they, they have a connection. They have a connection and they have a spark. And he's like, well, let's just go out on a couple dates. And, you know, I'm the king. I can do what I want. I'm not hurting anybody. And then they fall in love. And then they get married. And then all of a sudden he's worshiping her God. And it sounds crazy, but that's how it works because we start to make these little decisions where it's like, well, this, I know this isn't a good influence on me. I know this isn't a good place I should be, but what's the worst that can happen? I mean, the worst that can happen is a lot. And so it's important to always do your best and always do what you can to do what's right and always do what you can to make the good decisions and to make the right decisions and to have good influences around you and to not think, <coughs> excuse me, and to not think, hey, it's different for me. Um, we've talked about it all. Everybody's talked about it before, but like you can watch someone else that you care about making a bad decision or going out with a bad person or, or hanging out with a bad crowd. And you're like, man, you guys should see this. Like you just have to understand it's the wrong person. But then when it's us, it's like, ah, it's different. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I can do this. And Solomon thought that he's like, I'm wise. I can handle this. And then little by little, he gave that away and he gave that away. And he probably didn't start worshiping gods for a long time, but eventually, you know, he's like, Hey, why not? I'm Solomon. I'm wise. I know what's right. Whatever I think is right. So there's a big difference between knowing what's right and thinking that everything you think is right. So there's a big difference between knowing that you have wisdom and actually using wisdom. And so Solomon was the wisest person ever. And that's important. He was the wisest person ever. And he went to God and said, hey, give me wisdom, not give me money, not give me power, not give me fame, not kill my enemies, but give me wisdom. Help me to help other people. And still he turned from God. See, that's how this is a marathon, because none of us are perfect, and all of us are going to do stupid things, and all of us are going to make bad decisions at some point, but we can't let it affect us for the long term. We can't stop and be like, well, it's over. I've already messed up. Like, I can't come back now. You can always come back. And we also can't be like the other way, like, hey, so Jeff said that, that you know, bad things are going to happen, so I just do whatever I want, and then I'll ask for forgiveness later. You don't know that. 
you don't know how it's going to work out. It's important to make the good decisions. And then if you mess up, you know, ask for forgiveness and, and learn from it. But if you go into something knowing that you're doing something wrong and just thinking, you know, I'll ask for forgiveness later, who knows what will happen? And Solomon probably thought that at first. Like, I'll just ask for forgiveness later. I'll get back with God later after I've had my fun. And it didn't happen. He turned from me, actually built altars. Now, when the king builds altars to other gods, that means other people in the kingdom start worshiping those other gods because it's the king's example. So other people watch our example and they see who we are and they see how we are. Last part of the scripture. The Lord was very angry with Solomon for his heart had turned away from the Lord, uh, the God of Israel who had appeared to him twice. He had warned Solomon specifically about worshiping other gods, but Solomon did not listen to the Lord's command. So now the Lord said to him, since you have not kept my covenant and have disobeyed my decrees, uh, I will surely tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your servants. But for the sake of your father, David, I will not do this while you are still alive. I will take the kingdom away from your son. And even so, I will not take away the entire kingdom. I will let him be king of one tribe for the sake of my servant, David, and for the sake of Jerusalem, my chosen city. So basically he loses everything. So Solomon was the wisest person ever, and he'd seen his dad, like he was the birth of one of his dad's mistakes, that his dad then said, hey, I messed up big. And his dad paid for it, and his dad apologized, and his dad did his best to make up for it, and he turned back to God. Solomon knew all of that and still didn't turn back. So it's important to note that one of the heroes of the Bible, Solomon, who's wrote who wrote multiple chapters multiple books of the bible like ecclesiastes song of solomon like he wrote multiple proverbs he wrote most multiple things in the bible he turned from god before the end of his life like he did not end up in heaven as far as we know like it doesn't seem like he did now that's a big deal that means that anybody can do it if the wisest person in the world can turn from god that means anyone can that is not to scare you and to think oh no what if i do it's to show you how important it is that we remember that this is a marathon and that we keep you know taking the water breaks and we keep doing our best to, to read the bible and pray and go to church and all of these things but more importantly to pay attention about who's around us and to pay attention about who we have as influences and to pay attention about what is in our heart because what is in our heart comes out eventually, and that's who we are, and that's how we live. And so Solomon, even though he had all of this wisdom and all of this ability to discern, he just got so proud, so proud. Now, it's okay to be proud, and, and there's a difference between being, having pride and being prideful. But he got so prideful that he no longer thought about anything but what mattered to him. And we see that in the world all the time. We see that from Christians sometimes. And so it's important for us to remember, no matter what gifts we've been given, no matter who we are, no matter where we've been, no matter how good or bad our lives have been, we still can continue to live for Him, and we can still continue to grow, and we can still continue to, to get better and to do better. But we have to remember that we are not the end-all, be-all, that it's not about us. It's about Him, and it's about doing good. It's about showing good. It's about understanding that He has given us this so that we can use it and so that we can shine that light for Him. And looking at people like Solomon and learning from all the wisdom of them, but then also learning from the fact that they didn't even listen to themselves. And so when you have a chance to listen to someone else's advice and you know that it's the right thing, and most of the time it, we don't want to hear it, but we know when it's the right thing, actually stop and be like, am I going down the right path? Like actually stop yourself, train yourself to stop and have someone in your life that will say, hey, you're being kind of stupid right now in a loving way. And say, hey, listen, we got to check this. And then to actually listen to them, not somebody that judges you constantly, not somebody that hates on you. I'm not saying that. But one of the things that ticks me off about uh, 
all generations, but especially like social media ones, and no offense, is the, the use of toxic and the use of toxic people. And I'm going to cut all the toxic people out of my life. And I'm going to cut everybody that's toxic. And, and it's fine if someone's actually toxic. But most of the time, if you pay attention, the thing that they define as toxic is people who disagree with me. Now, Christians do that too. And older people do that too. They just don't use toxic. But it's like, if you only cut out the people, if you cut out everyone that disagrees with you, you're, you're going to be like, you're just going to have yes men around you and you're not going to no, learn anything. You're not going to grow at all. And so again, I'm not saying have people around that are hating on you and being judgmental and being angry. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying have people that are willing to say, Hey, have you thought this through and to talk it through with you? And it doesn't mean you have to agree with them all the time, but it means that you have people who are willing to be honest and that you are honest with them. And Solomon did not have that. And he should have had that, and he should have paid attention, but he didn't, and he let it go, and he screwed up his life. And so all of us have this chance to learn from this potentially great man and to take the wisdom that he should have had and to use it to help other people and to help ourselves to be the best we that we can be. That's all I got.